FPL managers, welcome to the 17th episode of the FPL Optimized Podcast. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Surtop, the data scientist. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question in this podcast. As Game Week 7 got postponed and with limited games to be played in Game Week 8, I'm sure many managers are wondering now what they should do. Does it make sense to only have 9 or 10 players in your Game Week 8 team? Should you take a hit to bring in additional players? Or is it time to hit that free hit or wildcard button if you didn't do it yet? And for those people who are wildcarding, what do you do, for example, with players from Liverpool and Chelsea who don't have a game this week? Yeah, lots of dilemmas and therefore also lots of for us to talk about. Thanks for the positive feedback on our shorter format last week, which we used then and we intend to also keep using. Uh, Surtal posted a question again today on Twitter to get a feeling for what the most pressing questions are this week. Thank you for all the replies. We'll do our best to cover most of those in this episode. So let's start. And first of all, Surtal, do you know already what you're going to do this game week? I'm not 100% sure, but I will most likely delay my wildcard to game week 9. And the reason being is I can easily have 11 playing players this game week by using my Mm -hmm. two free transfers. And the difference between game week 8 wildcard and game week 9 wildcard in terms of projected points are so close. Mm -hmm. So, well, if we assume that extra information during international break might matter even a tiny bit then it favors wildcard nine for me which i intend Mm. to do but even though now i said that uh if there's a risk of losing a player like if we hear that you know one of my players will get benched or maybe get injured until the deadline instead of taking a hit i might activate my wildcard so i'm getting prepared just in case i need to use my wildcard so how about you i think you're already on wildcard right yeah, indeed. I had my wildcard active for game week seven and I got a bit lucky with the decision by FPL to extend uh, the wildcard into game week eight. I think there was a risk that uh, they would keep the deadline as normal, which mm-hmm. then, yeah, I think my wildcard would have been uh, a fail. But now, yeah, it put me in a nice position. I could enjoy a few price rises during the past week or so. And uh, yeah, I think I came to a final team now, but let's see. Maybe you can still give me any other insights <laughs> uh, or tips. Okay. So uh, yeah, let's maybe just dive into that wildcard topic as there were different people asking about it. For example, FPL president who said, what's the optimal wildcard team for game week eight? And also Mahoop, what's the optimal wildcard for this week? So yeah, actually the, the same question. So mm-hmm. how is it looking uh, data-wise, uh, Surtop? What is the solver providing as optimal team? So there are different ways to run the optimization, as I uh, mentioned in earlier episodes. But yeah. uh, this time, what I did is I am all, of course, I'm using wildcard eight and then asking solver, yeah. you know, what's the plan you can come up with? Normally, I optimize for no future transfer scheduled. But okay. in this case, Game Week 12 makes it a little bit tricky because if you ask it that way, then players like Holland will might not appear in your solution. But, hmm. well, we are not going to ban Holland just because he has a blank in Game Week 12, right? So right. my setting for this wildcard squad is 
I let optimization to do or schedule transfers in future, okay. but only at a cost of 1.5 points. So okay. that each is penalized by 1.5 points to discourage solver from scheduling too many transfers. Right. And okay. and the, the optimal team is as follows. So we have pop in the goal and yep. Cancelo, Trippier, Burn in defense, okay. Saka, Martinelli, Son, Bowen mm. in midfield, and Solanke, Mitrovic, and Haaland in forward. And we have the bench of Ward, Andreas, Collins, and James. Okay. And only uh, we have, let me see, We I, I think we are, have five uh, moves are scheduled here. The first one is game week nine from Son to Salah. Mm. And in game week 11 from Cancelo to Alexander-Arnold and from Holland to Kane. Mm-hmm. And finally in game week 12 from Bowen to Zaha. And we also have a scheduled transfer in game week 15, but I don't think that that's relevant for right. now. Okay, yeah, too far away. Okay, wow, interesting options there. Mm-hmm. Um, Son, yeah, Bowen. I mean, players who performed quite well last season, this season not yet. It's funny on Twitter, I see those kind of names a lot mentioned by people are, who are proposing them. And then other people are saying, well, why would you pick them? Because, you know, so far <laughs> they didn't do much. But at some point they must be, uh, you know, or they, they should start scoring points again, right? That's true. That's true. At the end of last season, if you don't, if you didn't have Son in your team, people were yeah. treating you as if you are crazy. No, yeah, it's the other definitely. way around. If you have, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. yeah. And the other one is maybe Saka Martinelli. It's, uh, I think, on Twitter. I also saw a few people that who were surprised by it. I was looking at it myself as well, especially for the next game week. Uh, I had Saka at some point. I also replaced them by Odegaard just for the lower budget. Uh, with with the Brentford game coming up, that looks quite appealing. But I think after that, the the fixtures for uh, Arsenal turn a bit, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, yeah. I I have looked at. The, I also have looked at the optimal squads per game week without any connection between game weeks. Okay. And yeah. so I just posted this on Twitter, but you see Saka and Martinelli in optimal lineup in game week oh, eight, yeah. despite, well, they are playing against Brentford and then game week yeah. nine against Tottenham. They are yeah. still there. And Saka oh, yeah. appears in the optimal lineup against Leeds in game week 11 and against Southampton in game week 13. Mm-hmm. And, and both of them appear against Nottingham Forest in game week 14. So for Saka then, for the next yeah. uh, seven, eight game weeks, uh, I see Saka five in five fixtures, and Martinelli yeah. appears in three out of eight fixtures as the optimal lineup. So, okay. I mean, if you if you don't feel comfortable having both Saka and Martinelli, I mean, Saka is a step ahead. Like he appears everywhere because of his projections. So. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't feel comfortable having the double Arsenal defense, uh, midfield, you midfield. can maybe have yeah. at least Saka. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Thanks for posting that as well. Okay, that covers Arsenal. Um, yeah, you touched upon the game week 12 blank a yeah. bit. That was the news from today, I believe, um, that uh, the Man City-Arsenal game will be postponed. Because Arsenal actually they have a game this week, or they they should have, they they were planned to have a game against uh, PSV Eindhoven, 
Uh, but that one will be postponed and therefore the Man City game in game week 12 also needs to be rescheduled. So it means a blank for City and Arsenal and of course many of us will have several of those players. So considering that and being on a wild card, um, people are wondering how they should approach it. So did you do anything special with your solver or how is the solver treating that? I think you, yeah, you mentioned it a bit already, right? Yeah, so... Um, so in the optimal team, I mentioned uh, two City players and also three, sorry, two City players and two Arsenal players. So we have yeah. Cancelo, Martinelli, Saka and Holland. So yeah. what happens is Cancelo is sold in game week 11 for Alexander-Arnold and mm. Holland is sold for Kane in the same game week. And mm. then optimization just benches uh, both Martinelli and Saka on game week 12. And then in a future game week, it also buys Holland back. Yeah. So that's what I see. I mean, that's pretty much what Solver is suggesting. But the, the values are close. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. this is the only way to do it. But if you are wildcarding, it is well sensible for me to not have more than four... Uh, City plus Arsenal players in your teams yeah, okay. because yeah. I mean you will need to use your free transfers and you don't want to probably take a hit to get rid of them for game week 12 uh, yeah. where they will certainly blank so yeah it's a little bit tricky because earlier Pope was not optimal goalkeeper it was Ederson but right. now True. Solver doesn't want to spend a transfer for the goalkeeper so Pope stays as optimal uh, now okay that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think more people commented on that, especially with uh, Liverpool not having a game this game week. So I think we'll see many uh, wild cards, probably without any uh, Liverpool players, um, but probably having then three City players. And, you know, from De Bruyne, who probably a lot of people will take, it's quite easy then to switch back to Salah. Mm-hmm. And uh, indeed, also from Cancelo, you can switch to Trent. Yes. So those could be a few popular transfers indeed around uh, game week 11 or game week 12. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was actually a question from uh, Albert, FPL, and FPL Claret, and FPL Journalist, who were all asking about how they should handle uh, that game week 12 blank situation. So I think we covered that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and while we're talking about opti- optimal wildcard team, there were also a few people who were asking about specific players, whether we should have those in our team or not. Um, so I was wondering how you look at it from an analytics perspective. Um, Akpans was asking about Gordon, and I saw actually that Gordon is close to a price rise. So I think it seems oh, he uh, seems to be yeah yeah it seems to be uh, a popular pick. Okay. Uh, FPL Finn was asking about the Newcastle defense. As he says, in some solutions, even uh, he sees there is a triple defense with with Pope and two defenders. And he's also asking whether Kane could be a better captain than Haaland in game week eight. Um, And there was also a question from FPL Dwight Schrute if I pronounce that correctly, and he was asking whether he should go KDB or Sun. So a few different questions about specific players. Um, Let's see how you think about it. So I just checked the raw data, raw projections for the first question about Gordon. And in in that price point, like cheaper than 5.6 mid-defenders, 
Uh, the best player is currently Sojek from okay. West Ham. Right. And Gordon is actually second best. So, mm. but yeah, when you talk about West Ham, some people are very skeptical. <laughs> so, people, yeah. some people don't want to pick any players from West Ham. So, if you don't consider Sojak, then yes, Gordon is the best for the price point. However, both Neto, I, <laughs> I know Neto yeah. owners are crying right now, but he lost so many, so many value. But his total projection is actually almost same as Gordon. And yeah. he only has a really tough fixture <laughs> this game week and also game week 10 against Chelsea. But remaining fixtures are not that bad. Yeah. He's playing no. against Nottingham Forest on game week 11. And Andreas is only 4.6 and he's only 0.4 points lower than Gordon. So, right. yeah, there are a few alternatives in that price point. But Yeah, yeah. Fulham has a good run of fixtures and they're doing well. Yeah, uh, that's true. Did you see Bailey anywhere as well? Because I see Bailey coming back in many of uh, the people's minds as he's been uh, starting last one or two game weeks and even he scored a goal. Mm-hmm. So Bailey is almost three points lower than Andreas oh. uh, and 0.1 more expensive. So okay. yeah, maybe maybe the model is slow to pick up on that but his projected minutes are really low right now so yeah like that's the thing yeah? Yeah. yeah because Villa has a good run of fixtures it's just uh, yeah we cannot be sure if, if, if Bailey will be starting all the yeah. time so if we assume that he will play though his yeah. total projected points is highest in this group of players oh, okay I should good mention. to know so, yeah if, if you think he will play yeah. then he's a really good pick yeah yeah currently i have him in the team but you know i had him also in game week one and then uh <laughs> yeah that's the yeah. that same story right very well yeah. but maybe i just need to keep faith a bit longer yeah all right then uh yeah there was a question about the newcastle defense oh, whether okay, yeah. triple newcastle is that is that something we should really consider you think I think so because I mean they are good in defense looks like and optimal yeah. wildcard team just picks like triple Newcastle defense right away and okay. uh, some people don't like having triple defense from the same team because if they concede yeah. a goal then your whole yeah. weekend is ruined but right. I well we are playing for the average cases so I don't see any issues with picking like myself at least I I I would probably pick triple Newcastle defense and not okay. yet probably upset even if they concede a goal but yeah i see i see triple well yeah. i will be upset <laughs> just to clarify <laughs> yeah, but i wouldn't blame the blame yeah. myself um, that was the question from uh, fpl finn actually and he was also asking in the same question whether kane could be a better captain option uh, than haaland and he was mentioning spe- specifically game week eight and game week 11. so in game week eight, in terms of projected points, Kane is ahead six point eight, and Holland is around six point three or almost four now. Yeah. Uh, so, but if you compare expected points per ninety minutes, so you, if you just mm. scale them up, Holland is at seven point six, and Kane is around seven point two. Okay. So as you see, it depends for this game week. It depends whether you think Holland will play as much as Kane. Right. So if you think that's the case, yes, Holland is better. If not, mm. um, I mean, if you just want to go with the average case, Kane is better. But okay. for game week 11, Kane is ahead. Kane is at 6 and Holland is at 4.4. 4. 
Even okay. with the projected points per 90 minutes, Kane is at 7.1, while Haaland is at 5.8. Yeah. Which means, for Game Week 11, it is very clear that Kane is a much better captain than Haaland. But for yeah. this Game Week, it depends on your minute project prediction. Okay. Yeah, and I see many people actually considering Kane. And we talked about it last week. Kane is doing quite well. He's, he's mm-hmm. been returning every week. It's just that Haaland has just, yeah, you know, scoring he's, more. He's just an exceptional performance were, so far. But in the wild Kane, card, right? I have Kane, yeah, yeah. And in the wild card, it is possible to do Kane, Haaland, Mitrovic, of course. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, you, have, you put quite some, a lot of funds there. I think yep. another option that a lot of people have is, is uh, Isaac from Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen his name, yeah. And then you can do Isaac. Haaland, Mitrovic, which is, of course, cheaper. But so, yeah, that's one uh, dilemma. Um, okay, but we did cover that now for the defense and for the captaincy. Uh, let's look at the final question which we had in this section around specific players was around KDB or Son, who to pick? In this question, it also says Game Week 13 wildcard. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, until Game Week 13, I have checked... Uh, who has more points, but it looks like it's almost the same. It is 19.9 okay. for KDB and 19.8 for Son, but it is okay. like 0.04 difference between them, which means it's yeah. pretty much a 50%, 50% decision, unless you mm-hmm. have other concerns, like if you have KDB, it means that you will get one uh, less spot for City players, because, yeah. I mean, City players usually have better projections. So instead of KDB, you can get a third uh, City player and probably have more projected points. But if, if you're mm. just comparing these two, it is yeah. it is even. Yeah, okay. And if, if you consider a recent form, then I think KDB is a strong case. But again, as we said before, Son has a great record in previous seasons. And at some point, for sure, the goals and assists will come again. Yeah, and by the way, I was comparing game week 8 to game week 11 because in game week 12, KDB is blanking. So that, I mean, I assume that you will buy someone else so that just to to make sure. Yeah. Good point. All right. Okay. So we covered a few players. There was also a question about avoiding certain players. (laughs) Maybe some players you don't like. Maybe you had them in previous season and, and, and they, you know, they disappointed you. So uh, Peter Carral was asking about it, like what considerations do you make when the optimal solution includes players that are commonly considered as trolls? You mentioned Digne, sorry for that, Mr. Digne. Uh, (laughs) Or from teams that are performing poorly. For example, yeah, you mentioned West Ham already with Sufal and Susek. Um, So yeah, how do you treat that in your solver, Sotarp? So, I mean, it is... Not an objective answer, but if I feel like I will get really upset if that troll player pick uh, blanks, then I ban them straight away. So it mm. happened in the past, and well, but more often I I trust prediction models, and it is easier yeah. to blame the model when something goes wrong. Sometimes. I actively avoid troll players and I know that whenever I share an optimal team, if it has any of these troll players, 
people get really upset. People <laughs> usually yeah. say, oh, really? You have Dinier in your optimal team? <laughs> well, I don't think your algorithm is correct. Something like yeah. that. So, right. but I mean, we follow the prediction models in a way that, and they follow the betting odds. So if yeah. betting people thinks that, I mean, Dinier will get, I don't know, like a clean shit or something, then, I mean, I don't have any particular, like personal reason not to believe it. But I yeah. understand everyone has a different sensitivity in this issue. So personally, mm. yes, I sometimes avoid some of the players, but it doesn't mm. happen that often. Okay. How about you, by the way? Like, do you like you, you talk about Bailey, for example? Like, do you yeah. <laughs> do you keep a track of how many times a player has trolled you in the past and then actively yeah. avoid them? Well, you know, I put him back now in the wildcard team, but if it doesn't work this time, you know, I, I will not do it a third time. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the same way with Digne. I, you know, Villa has a good run of fixtures, but I had Digne in the past <clears throat> and then he didn't do much. But yeah, that was also just unlucky because from other people, he, he did perform, right? He, he, he's, he had definitely some good scores as well in, in the past. Um, yeah, and other players maybe like Saint Maximin. I just think that the injury risk is too big, so then I also don't pick them. So yeah, I see. yeah. that's uh, that's of course sometimes a consideration. All right, then uh, yeah, like every week we tend to also get questions uh, which are more general about the data and and the solver, which is also fun for us to to mm-hmm. tackle. Uh, last week we talked about Salah and you mentioned that with the data and the models, it's always quite difficult to balance between changing the data uh, and expectations fast versus relying longer on the historical data. Yeah. And for this week, FBL Joker is asking how many matches are required before you can conclude that a player or team's form has changed. And he says, are we considering data from additional leagues? For example, this week is Champions League. So is that being considered? And then there was a bit of a related question as well from FBL JMO, who was asking whether the model favors fixtures over historic consistency. And he's using again some you know examples we used before, like Trent, Salah, and James. They haven't been doing too well lately, but historically we know what they can do and the fixtures look really good. So yeah, tell us again how, how all of this works, uh, Sir Tom. Okay, so first of all, yes, you, Champions League games and also other European games provide useful insights, especially about the rotation, if there are any alternatives to the player, if they are getting rested for the weekend game. Those kind of stuff are always useful. Yeah. And, well, when it comes to form, I mean, some of the hardcore analytics people will tell you right away that form doesn't exist. And but there's a common belief that it exists, and the way I see it form as we try to measure is based on how the I'm talking about offensive players by the way, but how their offensive yeah. output has changed, for example, expected goals, expected assists, or expected goal involvement, if they are going down or if they are still you know oscillating around their historical average, mm. so it depends a little bit on which player we are talking about but some players projected points will change faster for example mm. Holland didn't have any premier league record so when right. it came so when he came to the league we really weren't sure what to expect i mean we knew mm. he was a good player but how good and how many minutes he will play we didn't know 
and yeah. quickly i mean he scored goals so that his projections went up right. and for players like salah or son i mean since we have much more much more data points about them yeah. we know their baseline and any you know drop in performance i mean and i'm talking about the underlying performance not actual output okay. i mean we yeah. can see that if there's a drop we can well we need to see if they are playing in a different position than usually mm. or maybe have a different role this time um but also in the follow-up question fbl joker asked me about son salah and mitrovic and looks like for example for mitrovic we updated his projected points after three mm-hmm. games so mm-hmm. so as you see like if players are new to the league we are faster yeah. to update. Also, right. like it's the same for the betting market, so they update yeah. their predictions faster. But for Salah, okay. I mean, it is still consistent. He his projected points drop just a tiny bit, but not much. So yeah, and I know that people <laughs> want to see prediction models to react strongly, but that's usually mm-hmm. not the case. Yeah. No, no, and it's probably better. Yeah. And he did score a goal yesterday. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that was so funny on Twitter as well, because a lot of people left him out of the wild card. And then, of course, after his goal yesterday, you you can see comments already like, oh, <laughs> Salah is back. <laughs> Let's see. All right. Well, another interesting question is on the wild card timing. We, we talked about it already a little bit. Um, people are wondering what the best thing is to do. Play it now, you know, wildcard uh, wild in eight or maybe next week in nine. Or you could even wait a little bit longer, game week 12 or 13. Uh, Stefan Haugsrud was asking, given that we usually work with a DK, how much is the information we have now actually worth? And I think we can add the question from FPL Chase here as well. Uh, he was asking about the EV gap to the optimal wildcard eight team you would consider to pull the wildcard trigger now versus holding on to it. So again, the question is how much value should we put on future information? And personally, I just wanted to add, of course, and maybe that's a no brainer, but you know, it's, it's of course very much team dependent. As you mentioned before, you can have a good team with your two free transfers. So then, yeah, there's not really a need to, to hit the wildcard button now. Uh, but you know, if you if you simply don't have enough players now, or if you're just not happy with how your team has been for performing, like in my case, I think there's enough reason to press uh, that button now. Uh, but yeah, let's consider in this case that you have a decent team, and then uh, see how you would answer the questions from uh, Stefan and and Chase. Yeah, in my opinion, there is not a reliable way of assigning a point value to that extra information. In some game weeks. Extra information matters a lot because there's lots of uncertainty about, you know, which players will get benched in, let's say, City. We don't know. Mm. And sometimes you kind of wait until a last-minute leak, which sometimes happens, sometimes do not. So it is very difficult for me to say, okay, like 3 EV is the, Mm. the threshold or something like that. But what I do... For the, to answer Stefan's question, I compare wildcard eight and wildcard uh, like twelve or thirteen and see yeah. how much difference in terms of expected value. If it is the same, then you know that maybe waiting have will give you 
like at least some positive information because you can skip a player's injury, for example, this way. So, but there is usually a difference, and usually wildcarding right now has more EV. That's well, that's because we are Mm -hmm. working on a limited horizon. So, if you wildcard now, you will get the best players that will maximize your entire horizon. So. Usually okay. the difference is important, like how much difference there is. If it is, I don't know, like 15 points, then yes, well, use your wildcard right away. Because mm. normally wildcard is worth around 20 to 25 points in a regular season. and mm. be- But since we will get free transfers in game week 17 after World Cup, it is much less yeah. valuable this season. And I, I assume, or I value wildcard around 10 points now so if you see oh, okay. any Much less. yeah 10 points difference it could be even less than that i don't know then it is hmm. probably a good idea to use wildcard but i mean in my case wildcard 8 and 9 is almost the same so i'm kind of waiting and the difference there is around 1.5 i think so i mean oh, okay yeah hard to yeah. say but all right uh, um so and also regarding wildcard 8 versus wildcard 13, it gives gives me like three expected points difference and six points difference in objective function, which is slightly different. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. if you think that there will be changes that will work more than three points, it could be something like your premium player gets injured or yeah. you learn more about a potential rotation that is not very clear right now for example chelsea i mean is a big question mark yeah uh, chelsea defenders so yeah Mm. those kind of stuff might be critical okay and to answer chase's question about the ev gap to optimal you know game week eight wildcard team yeah um i answered partially but there's another way of doing this it is adding a random injury risk to sensitivity analysis so that when you're running optimization you also randomly assign a probability i use five percent or ten percent depending on what kind of uh, solution i'm trying to get and i Hmm. with that probability i mark the player as injured from next game week to the end of the horizon and then try to solve for the average case so this is a much bigger problem in size so it takes considerably longer and well fpl is very random so even if i you know get prepared for the worst case so maybe the players players i get will get injured (laughs) because fpl is funny like that so (laughs) this is just an idea and but because of the law of diminishing returns i don't know how much this will worth investing time for because you will be solving an problem that will take an hour or maybe two mm. hours and right. at the end you will get a team that you might not want to have so i don't know it's okay. just optional but that's what i try not really worried it sounds like yeah <laughs> okay well i think that covers the questions for today and the topics we wanted to discuss or mm-hmm. was there anything missing from your side anything you want to add no i think that was great yeah okay cool All right. Thanks, everyone. So it's just a couple of days left to fix those game week eight teams. Uh, I think it will be an interesting week as some managers will take their chance with less than 11 players. Some others will take hits. 
There will also be managers using their free hit this week, and then there will be some on a wild card. So, you know, people have been saying that so far FPL was a bit bo boring, but uh, I don't think it will be the case this week. Let's see. Uh, so, yeah, we'll end today's podcast here and hope we could give you some good inspiration for your team. Thanks again for listening to our FPL Optimized podcast. Make sure to subscribe to it so you'll know when the next episode is out. Or you can follow us on Twitter. For Surtop, it's at Surtop Bilal. And for me, it's at Belfi BB. We are wishing you again a green arrows in the weekend and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.